Headnoise official would like to thank Admino. Admino is a cloud-based platform created by the Grow2 company and our producer, Mark Webb. It is the smartest and easiest way to deliver your business's inductions, staff training, and policies and procedures. Create a smart and safe culture within your business with Admino. Check out www.admino.com. That's A-D-M-I-N-O-H, Admino. Head Noise Official is a raw, passionate, and sometimes emotional conversation around life's challenges, not limited to, but including mental health, speaking up, getting help, safety in numbers, and empowering each other to do better. Our mission is to empower all individuals from all walks of life to speak up and evolve through conversation. We all bleed red and often share similar struggles. Our vision is to create and grow conversations around difficult subjects hoping to empower as many individuals as possible to seek help when they need it. We're here to help people, to inspire underprivileged youth of today and to strive for success and break cycles. If I can do it, anyone can. And I'm your host, Ben Jobson. Welcome to another episode of Head Noise Official. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Joined here today by producer Webby, as always. And our special guest is former Australian long jump athlete Robbie Crowther. Welcome, Robbie. Boys, how are we? Yeah, going well. Going yeah, well. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for coming in, Robbie. I'm looking forward to this um, bit of a yarn with you. No problem at all. I'm uh, looking forward to it, actually. Just a good old chat and a yarn. Awesome. It's good to see you. I've got a bit of feedback through these. I might take them off. Yeah. You get the feedback through it? Yeah, so I'll edit that out. Right, Robbie. Just uh, obviously, mate. Um, I use the term decorated. Pretty, pretty well seated and successful in your in your athletes' career, mate. How's uh, how's life after after athletic trip? Yeah, yeah, not too bad at all. Uh, it's, it was obviously a hard one. You know, I didn't know where I was finishing. You know, around that twenty sixteen mark when I was going to die. You know, there was a little bit of depression there. Didn't know where I wanted to go. I've always wanted to be a builder. I tried once I finished school, but then I was playing footy with boys. And, um, track and field was never in the question until Dad said, you know, give it a go. And then that's when I went to Canberra. Mm-hmm. From there, but, uh, yeah, it's going pretty good, you know, two kids. Ma- two year old, married. Yeah, yeah, two kids yeah, married. Two kids married. Uh, wife treats us very well at the moment. We've built a nice, nice house out of this switch and we, we love it out there. And our next door neighbour gives us a bit of grief, but he's all right. He's alright, he's not a bad bloke. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps himself. Yeah. Depends if he's got his leather suit on or not. Yeah, that's right. Right. This afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'll just run through um, a few of your achievements, if I may. Um, and if there's anything you want to add or detract from whatever as we go, let me know. Um, obviously, I did a bit of a search on here today before we before we sort of were meeting, you know, Webby previously. Um, 2004, Oceania Youth World Champion. High jump, long jump, and triple jump. Yep. All in one meet. 2006 World Junior Champion for long jump. 2007 uh, University Games Champion long jump. Australian National Champion 2008, 2014, and 2015. Yep. Uh, you attended the World Championships in 2011, and you also attended the Commonwealth Games in 2014. PB of 8.12 metres in the long jump. Yeah, 
we're fucking late. I'd be 8.12 centimetres. <laughs> <I reckon. laughs> yeah, this heavy train moving. Um, NADOC Sports Person of the Year 2008. Yeah, that's an actually interesting one. I mean, I wasn't here for that, and Mum and Dad attended that in the Northern Territory, but it's now gotten a lot bigger over the years. Uh, I know Paddy Mills won it, and, uh, Patrick Johnson, and Carl Vanderpop, and all those kind of guys. So it wasn't as big back then, but it's starting to get a bit bigger with the obviously the NADOC awards. When you what were you competing somewhere when that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was that? Over in uh, in Spain at the time, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to call it the, oh, I think it was the World Championships. Yeah, I think it was in 2007. Yeah, and that was in. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's You mentioned Paddy Mills. He's a flag bearer at the Olympics this year. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's killing it too. Yeah, good friend of Brad, Paddy. You know, I've obviously tried to get in contact with him, but he's a hard one to get a hold of. But I uh, went to his 30th year in Brisbane. Couple of years back, and uh, it was good to catch up with him. And you know, he hasn't hasn't changed a lot. Okay, he's um, always always giving back to the sport, and then also giving back to where he's come from, the Torres Straits, and the Aboriginal culture. Fantastic. They say that um, money and fame changes people, but then there's an argument to say that it actually just brings out who you are. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's on, on some good money over there. That's for sure. He would be, yeah. <laughs> Mate, um, we had a bit of a, a laugh about this beforehand as well, before we sat down for a chat, but on your Wikipedia, there's a there's an illustrious award, Sexiest Man in Track and Field. Can you give us a bit more information around that? Yeah, it's a bit of a stitch up, but um, I uh, I take it as it is. Uh, I never changed it. I never want to go on Wikipedia and change it because I know I get a good laugh out of it and it's always a good question that comes up. Uh, I think it was two mates actually, Jaden Russ and Sean Ray. One's a four metre Olympian, and then uh, the others, yeah, he was a, a good distance runner. Um, never went through the seniors and all that kind of stuff, but he went to the World Juniors and that. He's one of the good mates of mine as well. Yeah, I think they just edited and put that in. I don't, I don't know where it comes from, but yeah, those boys just must have thought. <laughs> You're a pretty good looking rooster, so it's not too bad. I mean, it'd be different when we arrived in something. You'd have a bit of resistance, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it always comes up. I, I remember a meet in Germany, and you know, obviously, it was at a back of, I think it was back of the school, so it was like a street meet. So it's just strictly long jump. Absolutely, a lot of guys go there to do some really good performances, because uh, obviously, you get a good tailwind behind you, and that's where they run it. And um, I can remember getting a runway, and you know, they play music in the background, you get to choose the music and whatever you think they do. Mm-hmm. And I remember him speaking something in the background. I was like, oh, no. He said, blah, 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 sex is more alive. And was, <laughs> everyone was laughing, and I just turned me off yeah. as I was going down the runway. And then I jumped, and it wasn't a great jump, and they kept going on about it. And I was just like, this is a sick jump. And I just, yeah, didn't jump too well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it got to me yet a bit there, and I knew what they were saying in language. Yeah, you were in curse of those couple of oh, boys. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. It was Mate, tell tell us where it all started. You obviously uh, born in Bunkari. Yeah, and, and then grew up in the Blackwater and Bluff. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Bluff mostly. Um, yeah, born in. Macquarie, no from Macquarie, so yeah, it was, um, you know, I only lived there for about three years and then moved on to the Fountain Bluff, so then came to Rocky. Um, and that's central where, Queensland, yeah, yeah, central Queensland, and that's where it all pretty much started. I 
made my first Queensland team in I think it was year six. So I went for long jump and I did four by under eight as well. And then I never made a Queensland team until two later in years three, eleven and twelve. So that whole period I think in between there I was in making California and North Queensland. Yeah. And because um, I wasn't really never trained, never did anything really that I all of always just played footy and touch footy. That was my um, passion of sport. Uh, track and field was just the thing where you know you do the super carnival, got picked, went to you know travel with Brizzy, you know travel over the little towns that we go compete from district to district and you know people going. So mm-hmm. that was just the thing I was doing. Mean, it was just another thing of getting a day off school, pretty much. <laughs> but you're pretty gifted at you know most sports. You sort of put yourself up. Like I remember us growing up. Yeah, rugby league. You probably could have went down that avenue. You probably could have went down. Yeah, you know, AFL or soccer or anything yeah. like that. Anything you sort of picked up, you were you're pretty gifted at. Yeah, oh, didn't take me long to pick up on the sport pretty quick. Um, yeah, I remember making. I hated volleyball and I made North Queensland volleyball. Yeah, uh, probably could have had a chance of going to Queen, making representing Queensland as well. But I never signed a position to actually try and get onto the team. It was just one of those things where you know, school and way you travel down to the team. You, th- you think that is due to like being from like a small country town where there wasn't a lot of other things for us to sort of throw ourselves at? So you just anything that it had to do with sport, you just you dove into it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah any any sporting opportunity that I was in, yeah, I was like a crack at it. Yeah, always wanted to have a go at it and just be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're probably always looking for. I guess it's not a lot to do all the time if you're not working on the land or helping the parents, wherever you. You need something to, yeah. to push your buttons and keep you fulfilled, don't you? That's right. And then, you know, obviously growing up in the Temple Bluff, we were camping at, at a young age. You know, mm. Steve was year one, I was year three, and we were out camping on our own yeah. uh, in bush. You know, that was the thing that we did back then. And then riding BMX bikes, making our own tracks, yeah. uh, making cubby houses, um, you know, riding into up in the hills in the mine shafts, yeah. open mine shafts, and you know, they were scary times. Uh, you know, there'd be one kid that was Matty Charles. <laughs> it was a bit crazy, you know. Yeah. And he would, he would do do that thing where you go behind you and fight push you. And yeah. I was like, mate, that's a that's probably a two hundred meter drop. Yeah. You're not, I'm not coming back from that. <laughs> and he was always that person that would always, you know, Charles, he'd just, mate, stop doing that. Yeah, he was always that kid who would throw a rock at you and hit you. But yeah, Bluff was one of those little towns. It was a bit of a spot. And that's where that's where the heart is. Like that, that's that's your first home. You remember, like you. That's if you you had to, you, you know, if you had to go somewhere else in the world to to sort of be your home. That that that's what you'd pick, sort of. Yeah, not, not like settled because when you want to, but that's yeah. homes where the heart is. They say, I guess I'm trying to get at that's that's home. Your closest connection to sort of growing up is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say, yeah, Bluff would definitely be because. Uh, and then Bowen, no, he's only, only there for two years, so year 11 and 12, I had some really good mates there, but um, Bluffs is the one that stands out for me. Uh, it's been eight months there, I kind of pretty good with Webby and Dave and Benny Hunt and all those kind of guys, Tommy. Uh, I think it was something very special, and every time I go back there, it's always something you reminisce on, you know, where you know, I used to ride these streets, and, mm-hmm. um, and you get to see some good friends that are still out there. 100%. It's funny, yeah, the, 
David's brother Brad come down and had a game on Webby's team and what the two of Yeah, yeah. He went quite well too, the big fella. So you went to you went to Bowen yeah. and in eleven and twelve or in grade ten? Uh end of grade ten. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was started in eleven in Bowen. And that's where the athletics really ramped up for you or um yeah, no, I think because Townsville's obviously got a sporting track and they've got coaches there and and that's where I got pretty much timed ID from the coach there. So Gary Cairns at the time, uh, coached my best mate Julius, and then coached the javelin thrower, um, Jared Bannister, who was a strong record holder at the moment, and he unfortunately um, passed away not long ago with suicide, so, mm-hmm. uh, which was quite sad. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so he knew my coach, Craig Hillier, that was down at the RAS, who coached George Ring to the silver medal. And, um, Heaps of other good athletes as well. And he said, Look, there's this young kid from Bowen, you know, 13, no, 14 metres in the triple jump, but doesn't train, but he could easily jump 15 metres just for training. And he's like, Oh, well, that year he's at none of that 2004, none of his athletes made Athens Olympics. So he was doing a little bit of a, um, uh, a coaching clinics and a bit of time ID. And that's when I went to Townsville and he rang, Gary rang me. We did some drills, some basic drills, some high knees, all that kind of stuff, and a little bit of jumping. And you just saw something. And that year, 2004, made Queensland. Went down to Canberra for a week trial. Oh, not a week trial, but just a week's training in the leading into the to the Queensland Australian Champs. And um, yeah, I come out and did a meter PB in the triple. Yeah, my first centimeter PB in the long. That's when I went back down to Canberra after I finished school. Uh, on a four month scholarship, and that's when dad said, I might have given a go to travel the world and, and see um, those things and, you know, and compete for your country. So, that that same year, 2004, you've gone from Townsville to AOS in Canberra yep. to, to the uh, Oceania Youth Champion in the High Island Triple that one year. Yeah. From being ID yep. to that. That's well, right. Yeah. This yeah. happens pretty, that's, that's a far, like a fast transition. It isn't all it? happened being, pretty quick. Yeah, from being not not being plucked from the field, but from being in that environment up there, yeah. and then as you said before, you didn't. It was never really a thing for you to all of a sudden. Well, I've got a, I've got a bit of potential in this. Yeah, yeah, I never really saw it, but yeah, uh, it was it was a very quick process. Like Fraser like, come up and he was like a trial scholarship, and then you just moved down to Canberra. We obviously have you in residentials with all other athletes, and. Um, yeah, it went from there. I was quite happy with it. Yeah. But other than obviously down the track, hit home. Yeah. You know, it broke down, bottled up everything. Yeah. Uh, missed home, missed mum, dad, and all that kind of stuff as they, as they, as they actually go through. So. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the next question I was going to ask you. How did you handle it? You know, sick, being like obviously that quickly and no preparation. And because if you're going from basically, just doing like a local circuit or a Queensland yeah. circuit, all of a sudden being away from home for such a long time, it's got a, a kid at that age, it's got to probably affect you in a few negative ways, yeah? Yeah, it did. It, it, uh, it, it hurt a lot every now and then. Uh, it, it took a while to actually build up and know I'm just mum and dad and just home and all that. But, um, you know, the first year was from the mate, Kieran, who I met. Uh, he was from Darwin as well, and he was my best man in the world as well, and he, Introduced me to everyone around, but um, 
he was totally down to press his family for the hot day and you know, obviously proud as they as a pretty much a father figure towards the end. Mm. Um uh, it just I don't know, yeah, it was, it was a weird feeling at, at, at first. Mm. You know, just like um, so emotional. Yeah. And yeah. can you explain what it was? Like waking up in the mornings and just not not feeling yeah, yeah not feeling right, not didn't want to go to training. Yeah. And then obviously I've never trained like that in my life as well. You're coming from from Bar and Bluffs. Uh, I never trained track and field. I didn't know how to run properly. You know, I was a typical schoolboy running. Yeah, without running football. Yeah, yeah, over the shot and you know, run a sixty meters flat out and be able to do one. And then end up by a couple of months, you know, do eight, sixty sprints. Yeah. So it basically changed your whole biomechanics. Yeah, like the way that you did everything. Yeah. Can I go back a little bit? Because I, you know, that's it. it's interesting hearing that because I thought that you, I thought it was all scouting in year 11. So I thought you went through all year 12 knowing that you were going down to Canberra and like Canberra was something that was, um, you know, sort, sort of on the horizon for a sort of long time. Like I didn't realise that it was, you know, as quick as what you just explained it to be like. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. year 12. Yeah. Um, leading into that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I know. Because that's when I finished school, it was yeah. and that's when Craig obviously uh, found out about me through, through there through Gary Keynes at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was all a quick process. I got picked for the Oceana in Townsville, that all happened in Townsville, and that's when Gary, he was a, he was a coach there as well. Mm. Um, yeah, he, that's when he said, oh, let's keep the fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it all took off from there. And so when you go down there on that four-month scholarship, it's basically sink or swim is basically what they're saying to you. So yeah. you've got four months to come down here and what you, your um, your PBs or your results or your data needs to be increasing a certain amount of time yeah. for us to invest. I don't know, because it's a fair bit of investment they would have put into an athlete at that stage, you know, for your accommodation and, I don't know, food or employment and all that sort of stuff. I think the scholarship all up was about... Five grand a year. Yeah, so obviously staying in residence, food, physio, massage, doctors, everything's all covered. So yeah, um, I think that was all included. Yeah, and that four months trial uh, was a big one, you know. And then I went home after that four months. Yeah, uh, took a break, took about I think a month, month or so before they actually said, "Oh, let's just get the bench on." Craig rang up and said, "Look, can you jump against Timmy, who's one of his athletes in 2005? In 2005, it was. He said, Oh, he's going to try and qualify for World Champs that year. Yeah. I never went home and trained. I mm-hmm. was never going to do all this stuff. I was too busy partying. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got back there, seeing the boys <laughs> every weekend, have a bit of a party. And then went up to Townsville, competed in solid from 7.30, and I jumped 7.76. Yeah. Um, so I did another massive PB in the line. And that's when I said, Oh, yeah, we want you. Yeah, I had one year's training and went on to qualify for Commonwealth Games in 2006 in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, didn't compete too well that 2006 year. Uh, didn't make the top three, didn't compete. Yeah. Uh, because I got 7 on that year, but then had World Juniors as a backup then, because um, I was in that in that year bracket. Yeah. Which um, helped out with me, and I never knew about World Juniors. Well. I never knew there was a World Youth, World Juniors. I just thought they were just the Olympic Games. Never knew World Champs either. So 
that there are all these other events that you could be yeah. leading into. Yeah, leading into it. Yeah, never knew any of that. So um, that was a learning curve. And then World Juniors, yeah, it was, it was six months. Melbourne Com Games was early in the year. Mm-hmm. And then there was another four months down the track with World, World Juniors. Yeah, and that's quite a big event because you obviously got the whole world competing. You got know, Russia and USA. So it's pretty much mini world champs yeah just for the 20s yeah. and uh i remember falling down some stairs having you know, two or two or three ligaments in my ankle really broken uh i was heading to the hospital and craig was walking to the mechanical training room to the gym and i was a bit of a gangster at the gym yeah and um it was always he was like dude we're gonna come we're going to we're gonna go to the gym and i can't he was like done my ankle yeah, he goes, nah, nah, stop playing around. I'm like, no, 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 I really gotta go. Yeah. And he was still like, no, man, come on, mate, no joking around here. Yeah. He's like, no, I've got to go get scans. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had that, and then I was, I was on crashes for a bit, and then had to rehab and did all that sort of thing when I was all What's the pressure they put on you in that situation? Being down there on a scholarship, <laughs> and they put it down to just an accident, or are they a little bit more? No, nah, more of an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they're not. They're not late. late and yeah, yeah. Ran a little bit late, and I was flying down some stairs. Mm. Yeah, but went uh, yeah, went wrong. So um, no real pressure. You know, obviously Craig was a little bit peed off at the time. Just yeah. with you know, obviously you know, World Juniors only two months down the track. Yeah, you know, fully. I thought you know, that's World Juniors gone. I thought that was they gone. Yeah, not scholarship wise or anything like that. Nothing, nothing was talked about scholarship losing that or yeah. anything like that. It was just pure, you know. I've had I was ranked second in the world. Yeah, that year so for World Juniors. Yeah. I think that was more the case with my guard. Yeah, more than anything. Yeah. So how long was the time? You said that injury is two months out. So how how long were you back to training before? Because you went and jumped and got your gold. Yeah. yeah. So how long after you recovered? Like, what did you have? A couple of weeks of flat out training, or what was it? I had twenty four days of rehab, and I still followed the rest of the days. I guess so I didn't follow the full twenty four days, which probably should have. Um, just drinking up the food a bit more. Yeah, and then I think I was doing a lot of uh, water running, so just getting everything off the load of the foot, the load of the body. Um, just to keep a bit of the fitness there, doing a bit of swimming without the kicking, mm. um, which is what you do when you're injured, you're not being trapped or being pulled, which is not, nothing I look forward to. It's uh, a totally different, different kind of training. Mm. What's your mindset at that time, like being that high level? And like, what's your mindset? You got an injury, you get back to your recovery, and then you go, you go and you jump eight meters at that. Yeah, you jumped eight meters there, and then oh, that's that's you're a killer. You know, you get into that mindset, you get into that grind, and, and you get it done. What what's going through your head in that time as as a, an elite athlete? What's driving you? What what's your target each day? Is there something that's burning in you, or something pushing you along, or where yeah. do you find that? It's funny, because uh, because I was so young and coming just straight out of school, you know, I was still playing with touch footy here and there. I never really thought about the pressure side of things until senior level, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, but that's where the mind game started playing. Uh, 
still one of those juniors. I was a QB. I just went out and competed. I just did. I just went out there and did what I had to do. Uh, and I think it was until the fifth round I jumped the eight meters, um, and then obviously busting the ankle as well. So I, I didn't do my six jump, um, top of backflip, and yeah, did a lap, flag on. But yeah, I think the mindset then wasn't wasn't too much of a stress for me then. Um, it was just more of a I'm here to here to jump, have fun. And just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And then the mind games played in after you know, the two thousand seven, eight Olympics, especially this thing that just got through some years. Yeah. Um, in two thousand eight, that's when everyone started playing minds and it's still gut wrenching today to know you know how how the system works at the moment with the qualifications there's a qualifier but there's certain competitions you can get points for and if you're still ranked in that top thirty five you get picked. And I was like, oh, two thousand eight that happened I probably would have been still no. Yeah. So were there other people that have you're saying other people that have jumped shorter than you and gone to the Olympics or just from points or Yeah, at the moment it's all changed now. Yeah. So there's world champs now as well where it was it was quite cutthroat with how the qualifiers work. It was an A and a B. So you had to do the A, the automatic, and then the B qualifier and then they'll go through the obviously how you went and then Athletics Australia would say, Yeah, no, we'll take you. It's got a good background of Competing at good high level competition. So then that's when 2011 came and I did 18, I was 85, 89, 89. And that's when I went to Nagu and won champs. But um, now, you know, have there's some guys that haven't done a B qualifier or an A qualifier. They've uh, jumped 805, you know, 790, 790, 780, 770. And then they had that one, one jump and they've gone to the World Championships and it's just it's pretty gut wrenching. Because I know I could have already went to a couple more world championships. Mm. Uh, yeah, we definitely could have went to Beijing, but London was probably uh, not so much out of the out of the game, but it was, it was certainly there because I had a good 2011 year, but then yeah, got injured in 2012. Mm. So, yeah, that's when a lot of the depression side stuff came in, and then I was always thinking about. No, I mean, I'm going to go out and jump this far. I'm going to jump 820 and I'll do this and I'll do that. But that would never happen. And then I'll probably go on the weekend and have a massive drinking session and all that kind of stuff. So it always, always made my life a bit difficult after I'm, you know, winning your juniors and having that expectation on you and saying, this is the next guy throwing the thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was always, always the pressure. Where do you yeah. feel that pressure from, from yourself or from the um, outside? From myself, but a lot of it was from the outside, from from the head coaches. Uh, yeah. I remember, I think it was 2010, I had a hamstring problem. I could run, I was running quick, I was out of shape. Uh, I felt like my hamstring was tearing the whole time. Um, head coach said, if he doesn't complete at nationals, he's going to lose my scholarship. Yeah. And I just thought, that's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. And he was always like, oh, look at but he always had a problem with AIS because we were getting a little bit obviously good at allowance and getting all that the physio and the massage. But the, the funny thing is, like anyone could come to the AIS, they could, athletes could come, but no one wanted to come to Canberra. Yeah, it was the whole big thing about it. So um, I competed, I finished third, I jumped to a qualifier, a big qualifier, 
for a movie that I called for to build and then grow. Never went. And then I had surgery that year. And that's the frustrating thing. I had all these schemes leading into that national. And no doctor could find it. And I had all these different epidurals. I had little needles poked and prodded at 900 times to make a believe to get the sheath to stick. That never worked. And then now uh, they had a new doctor come through from South Africa and he's like, well, this has been going on for too long. We'll get some specialists. And I'm like, what's that? Like, what? Yeah. So a hamstring specialist and he's, he found the problem in the first scan I had. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think I couldn't do that in the first place. Yeah. And then that set me back. That was nearly seven months, six, seven months. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I couldn't do anything. Yeah, I couldn't train properly. Uh, I just do, do the right things. Yeah. You hold a lot of resentment towards coaches for that, sort of pushing you, or the people not finding it, or you. Well, I don't know. It's always a hard one. Yeah. I, I, I can't really pinpoint anyone. Yeah. Um, because I guess it's difficult for uh, something I want to touch base with is it's been a a sport where it's an individual sport and the whole expectations yeah. on you, like you know, rugby league or something like that, you get a hamstring tear or it can take as long as yeah. you want off to, to get that fixed because there's other players there that'll take your spot and, and do your job yeah. within a club. Why is that? Yeah, that was always a lot of pressure on that. Yeah, especially being an individual sport. You know, there's, you've got a lot of family and friends around you. Yeah. But when you're there on your own, it's, it can be quite difficult. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of noise in your head. Yeah, at that time, so I didn't get to bed, and, you know, processing stuff, thoughts, and all that kind of jazz. So. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously, you know, I know money's not a lot of not a lot always helpful. Yeah, but it it can take you a long way as well. Yeah, um, yeah, there was always times where I was never the person to ask someone for money. Yeah, uh, or like you know, spare change. Yeah, buy something. Anyway, like that all I've been with parents. I couldn't. I couldn't do that. Yeah, you know, that's why I need to pay for this scan. Yeah, or get reimbursed when I give it back to you. I was always quite hesitant on that. We felt shame. Yeah, shame, shame kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you know, football is a bit different. You know, footballers get paid, and yeah. you know they can have an injury, sit back and do the rehab. Yeah, you know, rehab setback. We're doing all this. It was never. Um, yeah. Can record up to 30 minutes in your web browser, the writing's not ready. If you'd like to record for longer, you can use the app. Uh, oh, no, no, we're just, we're just starting. Head Noise Official is a self-funded podcast dedicated to bringing awareness to everyday issues that we all bottle up. We are interested in partnering with sponsors that align with our mission and values. If you want to hear more episodes like this and help create conversations, please reach out to Head Noise Official via our socials or our website, www.headnoiseofficial.com.au Yeah, so, um, so yeah, being in that individual sport, like you feel like that constant pressure. And, well, you, you, it sounded like you kind of knew what you needed to be doing to be able to, like, be the, I don't know, the easiest way to, you know, be like the top dog in that, in that sport. Like, yeah. you knew where you had to be and you knew what you needed to do, but you, but you weren't getting to that point because your body was starting to give out on you or? Yeah. 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 Body was always, 
terrible thing. Uh, it'll be a good year for one year, and then the next year the body will break down. And obviously, I had lower surgery, kind of back surgery, yeah. nothing minor, only minor. Yeah. But hamstring surgery and then tip foot surgery, and I've had that many falls on break down. Lost so many times. Yeah. Just with the lower, the lower back, the mid back, the thoracic, the neck. Yeah. Uh, I just think because of the the um, Force that goes through the body. I think they've they've tested it, and it's like ten times the body weight that goes through through the body, and about four, three to four times the body weight just running. Yeah. So it's a lot of force and takeoff. Yeah. You know, I was only seventy-six kilo, but that's through one leg. Yeah. Off takeoff. Well, I remember any time I used to catch up with you, he always have something different, like these air things he used to have over his legs yeah. to try and fix them up, or. There was always something sort of going on, but I yeah, I probably never comprehended what was actually happening with your body at the time. Yeah, there's always different technology going through. Yeah, each year. Yeah, there was always something different. Uh, But having those access to the physios and all that, it was you can't go past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you have to still pay for them physios while you're there on that? No, 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 we'll have it. Yeah. Can we talk like you? Touched on a couple of times there about um, like the depression and, and you know what's going through your head before you go to bed and when you're waking up and everything like that. Um, how, how did how did you face that adversity of, of having that? Like, what did you go through and and what did you find? Because I know the man you are now, and I know you know from the outside, you know, I see you most days and you look very calm and, and sort of relaxed. But I also know that you you went through a lot of um, moments of. Yeah, maybe that you know, failed expectation for yourself yeah. that you think about, you know, which is not from another person to another man. Like it's not the way I look at you. Yeah. The way I look at you is like you accomplished so many things that yeah. you know, no other person could. But I do understand that it's probably your own battle that you face yourself. Yeah, well, I think it was probably two words I made when I just started living on this stage. And wife, well, my wife now at the time made the Olympics and. Uh, I know this now by three centimeters. I think uh, I took it a little bit different. I'd always try to compete with her. Two different sports. Yeah. Um, and I was always like, oh, if you do this, if you make that, you go. I'm going to do this. So it was one of those things. Um, I know it's quite selfish. It's quite stupid, but it was a different kind of mentality, different kind of way of like I thought. You know, when I was happy, I was happy, but when I was down, I was down. Mm. Andrew's doing well, I wasn't doing so well. Uh, and I don't know why I made it a competition. Yeah. We were in two different, totally different sports. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had thoughts of, you know, trying to, trying to nick myself from that, that roommate's house. And I thought, in the back of my head, I was like, oh, hang on. Bloody hell, what, what does my mum and dad and my brothers and, and friends are going to start to feel? Yeah. Like, and then uh, that's when I thought, no, can't do that. Mm. Went back inside, no, because I was home alone as well. And I just thought, no, that was it. Yeah. I can't do it. I've just got to look forward and say, you know, look for the next four years or the next next year for World Champs and then, then come games. And it just never, never progressed and it just got worse and worse. And I just built it up. And Craig was always like, what's. I was always quiet, never mm. really spoke to anyone, uh, and then it would just bottle out. Mm. And 
uh, and then I'll be good for a bit and go for another two, another year or so, and then I'll just come back again. Yeah. So I think that's the hard thing. You know, you didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to anyone because it felt shame. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not weak at all. I, I, I know now. I do talks every now and then before I go out to do a presentation with me. I'll, I'll talk about that. And I did one in that. I was in that long ago. And, um, Got some really good feedback. Now that you say that's really good to have spoken about because I know a lot of kids these days it's quite hard, and especially being out in the bush, yeah. uh, it can be a lot harder out there um, with what's going on. And you know you're isolated from everything. Yeah. And um, he said that's great that you spoke on on the depression side of things because a lot of kids around here obviously going through that. Yeah. With, obviously with the studies as well. Mm. It can be a hard thing to talk about. And, and you just, so you, it sounds like through that, even through that moment of what happened there in your friend's backyard, you just fought yourself out of that moment yourself yeah. and with what started thinking about what can I do next is the next thing to, yeah, not focus on what's now, what can I do next and keep moving to the next, to the next. But did you start to go see someone or talk yeah. to someone or like, you know, yeah. talk to Ange or, oh, sorry, Ange, your wife or whatever? Um, no, I did, well, I did speak to Ange about it. Uh, I saw a psychologist at the time. Yeah. Uh, I been seeing him once a week, every, every week. Yeah. For a couple of months. And then, um, yeah, never really told my mother either. Yeah. Uh, until later on in the year. Yeah. Later on in the years. Uh, I talked to Hill a lot. That's mm -hmm. where most of it was spoken. Yeah. With Craig. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Once, I, once it all came out, it was a lot easier mm. to actually speak about it and you feel a lot better about, about yourself as well. Weight lifted off yeah. your shoulders. So yeah. it's yeah. funny because it's, it's a bit of a recurring pattern each time we, we sit down with a, with a guest, everyone, we always get to this sort of stage where we talk about, you know, psychologists. Oh, I go to a psychologist too. I don't think I still do uh, with, my, with my wife. Uh, Webby has, you have yourself, and it's, it's really, really good to see that the stigma around it yeah. is changing. Like you, when we were growing up, when I was growing up, you know, mm. you don't talk, you don't talk about that, lad. You know, mm. you, you get on with it, and it's it's really good that we can now understand and change our packaging a little bit and get yeah. to get to have a yarn about it. Because we walk out, we walk out of here out of these podcasts, we talk about some pretty heavy shit, and we all walk out here with a smile and face, yeah. and happy, mm. and you get people ringing you, oh, I got something out of this, and it's a secret, eh? Hey? Just, just that ability to communicate, that willingness to, and go. You yeah. know what? This fucking fellow over here is probably going through the same shit as me. Exactly. I think that'd be hard to You know, yeah. it's really good that, like you said, you that your man was a trip, and even something that he might say to one of those kids or something, they pick up on. They go, "Wow, this Jules done this," you know, and yeah. and he mentioned this, and it changes. You you cannot reprogram people, really, don't you? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's really good to get through. Um, you know, you don't know what this is in mm. So it's, it's a good message to get out and make sure they actually speak out and, and seek advice. Mm. Um, it's the best thing you can do to get that way. Obviously, the way to the shoulders. Yeah. Well, we hear, well, every couple of weeks, maybe there's someone close or a family member or, you know, someone's brother yeah. with suicide or all sort of around, I'll say our age group loosely on five years old, new age, but mm. you know, 
early to late thirty yeah. sort of thing. There's a lot of a lot of blokes that aren't still aren't doing things very well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we haven't really had that outlet. So yeah. it's certainly it's certainly something that we can all push for a bit of change. It's got to be positive, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and I think the you know what you hear a lot, and, and I probably bring it up too, is it is hard to have that first chat. Like no one is denying that that first chat is the scariest, yeah, most unknown realm to know where you're going to go with, or is this person going to look at you like you're a weirdo, or does it change your whole perspective of that person? But once you have that first chat, changes everything, and you realise that you can start talking to your friends that yeah. about things like you know, there's times when I come over next door to Robbie's house, I'll say like. The anxiety's just it's just through yeah. the roof at the moment, and I know for myself, make a little bit well up here thinking about this. That's a beautiful thing for me to know that now I've got a friend that I can talk to about that sort of stuff, and that's the same. I would like to hope Rob to be the same thing, but I mean, if you take me and Rob on face value, if you don't know about that sort of stuff, people just yeah, Robbie man, he's the most cruisiest guy in the world. Ain't nothing, nothing phases Robbie. Nothing, he's all sweet. And maybe people say to me, like, oh, he just jokes around about it, or not, yeah, nothing phases him. But you to get past the facade of like, what you might think people are. Everyone's going through their own things. And, you know, one thing that means a lot to me might not even be something that concerns another person. But as long as you can find those people to talk about it too, you can get through stuff. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I've got two conversations going through my head. One of them is one that we had yeah. before where we used to be, oh, I was. The other night I was doing this, I'm that emotional, or, yeah. you know, crying my eyes out. Then the other <laughs> conversation I'm thinking is me before last weekend, before my team's going out, I'm in the morning, I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I'm fucking crying. I'm just so <laughs> emotional. I put so much into this footy team. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it. Yeah. To think about that, would I have said that to, to another bloke? Yeah. Like, five years ago, yeah. no way. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that. I would have just bottled it up and kept it down. Yeah. yeah. Now we, we say it, we talk about it, we fucking laugh about it. You yeah. Know? Oh, but is yeah. that refreshing, is it? Like, this bike's not going to judge me. He knows how I feel. Yeah, it's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I think, um, and that's one thing that I've learned to probably get better at is accept your emotions. Like, I think I used to try and, I don't know, try and hide it or just try and be coasting, you know, coasting through it at one sort of level. And I think when you do that, you bottle things up too much that that's when you have the explosions and you don't really know. Like, there's nothing wrong with telling someone, oh, yeah, I'm emotional or I'm going through this yeah. or, or, yeah, or having a cry or anything like that. You know, that's one thing that maybe from us growing up in a small country town, you were sort of taught, yeah, you don't show your emotions or you don't cry or something yeah. like that. Now I think that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. If someone's saying to me, like, oh, no, crying, you know, you're weak if you cry, I think, fuck no, I think you're strong if you oh, yeah. cry. And if you can cry in front of your mate and, and they're there to look after you, then no, that's sweet. Nothing wrong with that. No, definitely not. No, 100%. Do you? I just want to rewind for a second. When you were talking about before about your run of injuries and uh, a few things going on, it's hard because we're, we're not doing any video, but I can I can see the emotion in you. Yeah. About mm-hmm. when you say you miss Beijing and like, oh, I can see. And, and I'll try, I'm trying not to, to, to dig too hard, but do you still, is there a feeling of unfinished business for you or do you, do you have any? Because I know sometimes uh, you try not to live with regrets, but you, there's always the occasion of what if. Do you do you have a bit of that in you? Oh, I do all the time. Yeah, especially this 
this year going around, well, last year 2020 got cancelled and it's on this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's always a what if, and Angel's always telling me, you know, it's not a crap, I'm not a crap, I'm not going to go through that emotion as well, which I'll still get. But I was always, I'm always, what if, all the time. It's always in the back of my head, every Olympics come around. I get excited to watch some friends that, I've, that I know still in the sport. Um, yeah, it's always, and I, I go out and watch and support, and I coach a little bit as well every now and then. And it, does get the old ticket going here and there, and I'll, I'll admit I'll, I'll probably do a couple of dances here and there just to demonstrate. Yeah, I get a little bit of enjoyment out of it, and the kids get a little bit out of it as well. So, yeah, but there's always, yeah, a heartfelt moment there that is a body for sure. Yeah. It never really leaves you, does it? When you when nah. you've been a competitor and you you know, I mean, I've been done at sporting when near your level, but when I know even just playing footy, you. Yeah. You're always, I'm, I'm more nervous seeing, you know, my lad or my boys going out, I'm more nervous than I ever was. Yeah. Playing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a funny thing to think. I, I do, I'll say this on the record though, amazing career, mate. And you yeah. know that everyone's fucking proud of you. You killed it. Yeah. Like, I know there's a what if and, you know, you're, you're probably a little bit hard on yourself, but you've had a pretty stellar career, mate. You've done some, some pretty amazing things, eh? Yeah, appreciate it. I met some pretty cool guys as well, hard of the time. All yeah. Different sports. Yeah, from rugby league all the way to big Usain Bolt in 2014. So. Yeah. What a specimen of uh, Oh, mate, he is a specimen. He's a big lad. Absolutely big lad. Like he, he's tall on screen, but he's just really in person. He's a really chill guy, though. What do you, um, as much as like Usain, we don't really need to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> what, to, what do you do to, uh, you know, when you're going through those feelings of like what ifs and stuff like that? Because what ifs can really. Yeah, drag, drag someone. Yeah. What do you What do you do with that? Like, do you do you when when those moments start to overwhelm you? Do you do you, you know, book an appointment with a psychologist and go see? Do you sit down with Ange and and talk about it, or what do you? I generally just talk to Ange about it. Yeah. Uh, and also just look at it and just go, what is not going to go with it? I'm yeah. Sure if I did go back and have another crack at it, but yeah, no, I talk to Ange and then I I just. Yeah, uh, and enjoy what I have in front of me. Yeah, and I think that's what gets it away from me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about. Well, I've got everything. Nothing against the psychologist or anything. It's just one of those things where you go in and they give you a bit of homework to give feedback on. I was never that kind of person. I was always just like, get it out there, hard work. Yeah, and just talk to them mm. and not have that. Oh, we want to write all these things down. So I would have this on the board. Yeah, I was never one of those person. It was just talk about it and then go back, leave it and then go back to it. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you need. That, yeah. That, that yeah. act of just talking about yeah. this is very helpful, right? Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, I was never that. I remember one gave me like an exercise to take home, but there was no way. I didn't even know that. Assessment and all, yeah. all this stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't really do that. That need, doesn't need to be on my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm just here to talk about emotions. All out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, confidential or not, but yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things that you need to get off your chest. Yeah. Yeah. And when you said mentioned earlier about like going back and partying and yeah, obviously a bit of drinking and that sort of stuff, do you think in those tough times you were that was sort of turning to that as a bit of a coping mechanism? Was it ever like that, Robbie, or was it uh at times it was. Um you know, obviously at times we we did we couldn't drink for 
we weren't drinking for like four or five months. Mm. And then nationals obviously turn around and that's that's a different story. <laughs> that's a bit of fun. But um yeah, there was times where I'd have a competition and then you know, I'd be at home and I would have a drink a bottle of wine and then have music and dance and stuff and that that was probably one of the things I just went to. And then on the weekends, yeah, just pretty much and not think about performance or the training and all that kind of stuff. Just as a way to, to switch off from it all, you think, yeah. yeah. Yeah, get away from all that. I think, yeah, I did, I did a fair bit of that actually, to be honest. I was living with my cousins at the time. And, um, yeah, I'd just probably sit in there and just drink a bottle of wine. I think the one thing I learned about the bottle is that it might it might help you on the night, but you never feel good the next day, no, do you? Never Your problems great. are magnified. Yeah, no, uh, never feel great the next day, and then Monday morning roll around, still not feeling great, and then Tuesday is Monday, Wednesday you're alright. Yeah, it was never a good thing. Were you ever? Was that part of your teenage years growing up? Any substance abuse thing like that, or you were always pretty clean skin or no substance at all? Um, through the career, and just more just the alcohol. Yeah. I, I didn't really see the point. I know I know that guys that that were doing it, and yeah. I never never see the point. There was no. I think that that was because earlier years yeah. um, growing up through blackboard and that peer pressure. Um, you know, one of the friends in the Indigenous camp got me on the aerosol cans on chromium. Mm. Uh, I think that taught me a lot of lessons. You know, if I didn't get found by mum, probably wouldn't be here today. Mm. Um, you know, I was passed out, pretty much passed out on my own bed. When mum walked in, I was you know, doing aerosol cans and I was probably down two or three. So that's like, so um, I know, obviously, you spray it into your like clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you're inhaling like the aerosol, like yeah. not the paint, obviously, it's yeah. the gas. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if it wasn't for mum, and then, yeah, I'll get pretty good hiding on that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that taught me a lesson. How old were you then? Probably? Uh, I was 13, probably. Yeah. You reckon that was, a, that was a big change from that, that point? Yeah, that was a big change. Yeah. That was a big change on, on everything that yeah. I would, you know, it, someone would come in and be brush, you know, you can still do that. And I yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, like, I'll, maybe yeah. I'll cigarette here and there, but yeah. nothing more than that. Yeah. Well, I can testify because I come over, I go over next door and try and take over a packet of cards to play King's Cup and uh, I can never convince him to, to play me. So uh, <laughs> he is pretty good at saying no to people. So <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Well, it'd be, yeah. be cool that you said that you yeah. own that because yeah. I know a lot of people wouldn't want to talk about that. So no. I commend you for that. Hey, that's a yeah. big call. Yeah, it's um, it's actually yeah, it's really refreshing to hear. Yeah, to hear that because yeah. it's not. That's we all make mistakes along the way, and it doesn't. Luckily, it's not a death sentence. You know, yeah. mm. a particular case, you can yeah. turn it around, and mm. sometimes you, it's something like that that kicks your ass in the gear and gets you fired up and goes, "Okay, I'm going to do better." Yeah, so you just need that. Like old moment, I guess. So yeah, 100%. yeah. And, and that cramming is a, is a bit of an issue back up north, and, and everything still. Um, yeah, is there any suggestions to maybe a young kid or something that might be listening, Robbie? Like, what, what, could you, what advice could you throw out to them if they are in the situation they just come across this? What do you, what do you reckon? They just got to reach out, or oh, either reach out to someone, or you know, just ignore them. Yeah. That's, 
this thing you can do, really. And walk away from it and you see someone doing it and don't be hesitant to just walk away. Yeah. Um, and you not even talk about it, but yeah, I, I, that's probably the best thing just walk away. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, don't want to be involved in any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's what all I, all I did. Yeah. Pretty much. I said, I don't know why. You want to have fun that way where I can just probably just drink and have fun but feel quick the next day. But yeah, that's what it was. Pretty yeah. much for me. Yeah. yeah other, than, other than walk away, say no, um, be the bigger man. You're not weak for not, for not saying no. Yeah. It's funny how your mindset, your mindset changed from when you were a kid because, like, I mean, obviously grew up down here in the city, but when you're younger, you think, you know, like, you see these gangsters, you're like, oh, this fellow's a gangster, he's doing the wrong thing. And, and then you start growing up, and I look at people like, you know, like Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, Jamie Foxx, those yeah. sorts of guys. They're gangsters as fuck, but you know what? They work their ass off, they're yeah. successful, they're good people. So the, the definition of what being cool or what being a gangster yeah. looks like fucking changes vastly from when you're a young fella to, to where we are now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. it's Definitely. huge. Yeah, if you can only relay, or my young, my lad's 15 at the moment, I'll yeah. be going through that with him saying, you're cool if you do your schoolwork, you know, you want to get an apprenticeship in early school, you work hard, that's what gangster and success looks like yeah. for you. It's not hanging out the shoppers on all the mates. No, mm-hmm. There's a difference. And it's, yeah, you wish, well, it's something I look back on yeah. myself, to, and I, I wish when I was a bit younger that I found that, yeah. that point earlier and mm-hmm. didn't take me until I was, you know, 27, 28 yeah. years old to get my nose clean and, out of trouble with the police and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, for all of those people who had their little short dragging around their ass. No. <laughs> Back in those days, you know, 50 cents and, you know, uh, was it FUBU and all that kind of stuff. Oh, the FUBU yeah. was the clothing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, all the clothing, everyone had the two cents or FUBU or that. Right, I was a bit earlier than that. I had, I had the snap pants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, find the right people like Greg and yeah. other guys. Yeah, you have your own fun that way. 100%. And what, um, what's in store for the future for you and your family, mate? You've got some goals and where are you headed or what, what do you think? What's your life look like in another 10 years? I don't know. I've got a couple of mates that I want to maybe try to have a go at the store gift. Just uh, want to have a crack at it. Oh, yeah. I've had a crack at it as an athlete, but I wouldn't want to have a go. You know, now, just you know, having a bit of a train, fox it a bit. And, you know, try and have a crack at, you know, try and get a good mark and yeah, yeah, have a good go at it. And then one of the guys like, oh, I have a go at Masters. And I'm like, I don't really want to have a go at Masters. Like, I don't want to go on track and train and, and do that kind of stuff. But now I think oh, I'd love to have a go at footy, but family's pretty much everything for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I enjoy hanging out with the kids on the weekend. Uh, we do a ritual thing, like swimming in the morning and then coffee and um, and I, I'd love to strap on the boots, but you know, waking up the next day, kids jump on you on a Sunday and feel sore as anything. Yeah. And it's not great fun because I know when you're hungover and they get kicked up, it's not great fun. I was about to say, that's without, <laughs> that's without the beers, uh, that's just the footy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, but no, we look, we're getting the <laughs> renovations at the moment. We're trying to get the house as clean as good as possible for the family. Uh, Andrew wants another kid. I'm, 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 Pretty satisfied with two. <laughs> Andrew always be like, oh, no, you want more than that. It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go through all that again, but I don't know who, who knows what's going to happen in the near future. But, uh, you know, try and keep as healthy as possible, as soon as possible. 
like that'd be sounds like a great that'd be pretty interesting if you did have a crack at a stall yeah, so I, was yeah. In, I, I watched a youtube video on you today and you, you did the 100 i think it was 1052 or something i thought geez he's got some wheels on him yeah and you you'd said to me you weren't even trying for sprinting you thought yeah. you could have you could have run quicker yeah i think i could have uh if, you know if i did the blocks and the uh the endurance side of things speed endurance side of things because we us long jumpers never ran anything higher than 200 meters at some time yeah. it's all just quick speed stuff yeah. um in the gym heavy quick it was a little bit different to the enemies when it's where they do the 200 they run 300s and 350s 250s at high high rates and a lot more so it was one of those things we didn't have i still gives another ball game you're chasing people so you got to be in the mentality of you got to run your own race be as smooth as possible relaxed as possible because if you're fighting you're never going to chase the person down yeah. the is that's only the hundred or is there other uh, events there's all different events yeah. oh okay yeah, yeah. So what are you thinking if you're going to i was going to do the 120 the main one the yeah main yeah like when i was yeah i ran 10 five, and then the bookmarkers are like oh, went to five, so give me five and a half and i thought everyone's like but you get to look again and say He's a long jumper. He runs yeah. 45 meters. Yeah. I got to run 115, 114.5 meters, and then try and back up again. My endurance, yeah. not so good. Is that one on YouTube? Can nah, you that's not on YouTube. No, no, no. And then um, it's all good fun, but great time. Yeah. Like the, the after party afterwards is a good time as well. I think I won. 160 or 80, 200 bucks, I think, in points. I had points in my pockets. Because <laughs> <laughs> what they did was they held a, uh, a standing triple jump yeah. in the back of the bunk. <laughs> uh, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to have a game. And then there was another guy. He was fully kitted up. He had his Nigerian bodysuit on. And he, he got his jeans off, everything off. He's in the bodysuit. And he thought he won. Yeah. He never won. And they were trying to find me for money. Yeah. I'll give a bit to drought because I was in the drought back then. Yeah. I'll give four bucks or so to the drought. And um, I'll take the rest. And I had coins of the, all these coins in my pockets and they're dragging me down. <laughs> Pants are falling down every time. I had no belt on. Looked like you had a big win on the post. It was pretty funny when you think about it. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a good thing. I don't like that. What did he win for that? What's the most? 40 grand. 40 grand? Yeah. Then I'll get you out the back, running up and down the, the grass hill there. Well, you know what I was about to say. We've only got a few games of footy left in the season. We're going to wreck the harassment up for you. <laughs> on there. Get him on there. Yeah, oh, look. I'll, yeah, I've thought about it multiple times. You're like, oh, I should be out here. And I was texting him. He's like, Andrew, I'm going to go play footy. So, yeah, you can go. You can go. You're like, oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was thinking, oh, no. No, I'll just stay home. <laughs> Bro, I, I, think, I think I've been with Webby and he's harassed you for your whole smoke. Yeah. I'm going to name you, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. nah. Every Friday, 15, like, 15 minutes. Every Friday, he gets the phone. I get a phone. He knows, he knows exactly what it is every time I read it. I look at the phone for the answer this. Oh, he might need something. I was like, oh, here we go. That's what he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Uh, no, nah, I can't play. Oh. Maybe, oh, no, nah, can't. Give me by the end of the afternoon. 
Defend the side there, look after yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've tried everything. I don't Head Noise Official is a self-funded podcast dedicated to bringing awareness to everyday issues that we all bottle up. We are interested in partnering with sponsors that align with our mission and values. If you want to hear more episodes like this and help create conversations, please reach out to Head Noise Official via our socials or our website www.headnoiseofficial.com.au. Right, Robbie, covered a lot of topics, mate. I just um just want to touch base with you a little bit on your on your culture and your on your background. Um obviously because you Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, or tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so yeah, growing up, you know, obviously knew that we were Aboriginal from through mum, but never knew the Torres Strait side of things. Mum had kept that a secret for for a long time. We thought you know, our grandmother was all normal grandma, but we found out years later, probably 15, 16, that we had told her dad on us. And um, mum obviously didn't know her dad too well because he passed around a couple of times and she was there and she was. And then, you know, mum got a, this invitation to go on this long journey to finish language and the Tosh Hakes Islanders do for someone that's passed away. And, you know, a big family gathering gets on, no alcohol, no. No, no, no drinking, no, no drinking, or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we went to Cairns and mate, we thought we had a lot of cousins, but yeah, we went up there and it's another, it's another level. We yeah. had, you know, this is cousins, 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 you know, it's just cousins. Yeah. Half a can, so yeah, those are all cousins. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a beautiful ceremony, you know, we went to the tombstone, everyone had, they're all dressed in the different colours. Um, dancing, uh, at the UCIC, you know, there was about five people. Yeah. Which is, you know, different islands dance. And there was some, some that hit me in special. And every time I go back to Cairns, I'll always try and catch up with the family and learn with them, you know, talking to Creo and, you know, learning the family history, the family tree that we've got, um, and learning a little bit more about that. And even, Learning a little bit more about the Aboriginal side of things as well. Mum never, never grew up teaching us any of that. You know, I don't think they Her mum spoke language or anything like that because she was lost years ago. So. Uh, but the Torres Strait side of things, the culture is very strong. They still do the dance. Um, they still do their manhood. I think, I don't know what the manhood involved, but I've known people like my mother before that. You know, they're, they're in the middle of the boat, in, in the middle of the ocean, and I've never just told them. Yeah. And I was like, no, what's, what's the media on that? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's when sharks feed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I was talking to my cousin, uh, Michael. His dad owns Moto. He's, what's his name? He's got a lot of Learn a bit more about it. Learn the dancing. Uh, you know, that's something I'd really want to do. Yeah, in the near future. Aboriginal side of things, and, yeah, learn a lot more on those words. Well. Um, you know, I'm still bagging mum every now and then. And get, what's your trial? No, I don't know. I think it's like in Croydon or something. There's a lot of things that I want to learn and want to get involved with. And, 
yeah, it's taken me a long time, and it's I've always been I'd say a shame. Uh, you know, learning through you know, you learn, you grow up, knowing that you know you get through this, you get through that, uh, it creates a little bit more memory. Yeah. Um, you know, you grew up, you call that, you know, think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Um, you mean being called like a like a racial name yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and a little bit this one, you know, I was, I was, I remember a couple of years ago, not, not happened that long ago, 2014, I was going to do massage, and you know, I had back, I had back, I was sitting there, had training gear, yeah. and I saw this, one of these lady walking towards me, and she was right to the other side, held a bag tight, and I was just like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that, that hit, I was like, you know, in 2014. Yeah. What, what's the issue? Yeah. Like, you don't know anything about that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that, those little things. Um, and, you know, learning about the history of the as I go out of the in that sense. You find like a lot of that, I mean, and I know that we speak a bit about culture and stuff, and I have some pretty random questions at times, but mm. do you ever feel any of that? Look, you you see a lot more of that here in the metropolitan area in comparison to where we grew up. Like, was it something that you even thought twice about back up in you know the central Queensland area, or do you think it's more down here, or do you think it's the same across? Oh, I probably said same across. Yeah, like I, I feel like when I walk around, I feel like a little bit like sometimes. Like, I think that's playing in the back of my head. Yeah. In which I shouldn't be worrying about. Yeah. And I'm still ashamed to tick the box. I just don't like that. And I go to the doctor's office. And Andy's always like, man, you've got to think about it. I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to be normal kind of thing. Right? Well, and why do you feel that? Is that what? Because you feel that um, what the way that people talk about it is if like it's a, yeah. just the easiest way to say, like, it's like an easy handout. So you don't want people to say, yeah, but you're getting yeah, an easy handout. And then so obviously dad makes the that. Yeah, yeah, he's told me he's told me two stories in my life. Yeah. Um, I feel that he's benefits people that much. That kind of thing. And it's yeah. like, well, no, we never got any of that beneficial because Dad was earning obviously too much money in the Kinawala. Yeah, yeah. So we never, I still never had any of those beneficial benefits. And I was always, you know, you, you get that, oh, you know, you can get four grand for this. And yeah. Sporting achievement and this, you know, well, Kind of sign off for it, yeah. Never, never wanted to do it, yeah, yeah. And that's the same as now with the kids. We can do this when we go, and then we do it. I don't really want to do it, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that's something you should be ashamed of, and I don't think that that's something that, um, and again, it's and it's hard for me to probably, as a white man, to watch it or like as a non indigenous person to make that comment, but um. I mean, if those benefits are there, are being created, and I might say something wrong here, and if someone listens to the podcast and wants to challenge me on this, like, feel free to do it. But, I mean, if those benefits have been created there because of the history of what had been done to the culture and, and what needs to be done to, I guess, not even repair, but like, I guess, sort of, Changed momentum of certain, I guess, 
situations. Yeah. I mean, that's not what you should be ashamed of. That's just, yeah, that's part of your, the, the culture there. Like, I can understand from your point of view, and I know, like, you know, other people that, you know, you and I both know that, so they take the same thing as me, like, yeah, like Indigenous apprenticeships out in the mines. Like, well, I don't want that apprenticeship, I just want an apprenticeship. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be yeah. that. So, I, 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 but I, I, yeah, I don't I, know, I think it's a, they're hard. It's hard for me to talk about because you sort of yeah. don't know if it's what's the right thing to sort of say or anything like that. But from my perspective, I don't think it's such a shame. Like, yeah. It's a, yeah. a benefit there. Yeah. I think it's okay. There's sort of times when I've got to put the Indigenous share in my things. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's in my head and my head and everything. Yeah. Do you think that that would get better with? Because you, you just spoke about how like you probably don't know enough about your culture yeah. and everything like that. Do you think that that would probably get better if you were taught or um, or you were able to be? Um, no, I think I'm getting better as I go on. I'm just like, like whatever people think about. Yeah. I just wanted to go back to something you said before because it really struck with me. You said when when you go to the doctors or whatever, you don't want to tick yeah. the box because you said you just want to be normal. Yeah. That's stuck in my head from the moment you said it, just from a and I don't know, I don't know, it doesn't make me feel angry really, but it makes me feel, I guess, a bit sad. Yeah. Because you, you kind of, um, trying to, try to practice my words as I go through, but dude, that's like nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, yeah. And, and saying I want to be normal, like you, like I said before, you're a fucking killer. You're, you know, a great athlete. You've done all these things and that's, that's, that's your history. Yeah. And I wonder, would part of, do you think maybe some of that from growing up is because perhaps maybe, you know, your, your mum or your mum's mum or your, you know, your mum's grandmother maybe suffered some atrocities or would that, would that be, you know, the right track? Probably, oh, yeah. Like, mum, mum's never spoken about it. She's been uh, very quiet spoken. Um, I mean, she's been through some stuff as well, but you know, it's joking about that. You know, people have been doing things you know, very strong word. Um, yeah, probably get all the sporting ability from them. Nah, But I want to touch into that. I wonder if it also comes about from everything that you've heard or the way that people speak about yeah. your culture. I think that's ingrained into you to feel, feel that way. Feel that way. Yeah. Which then, which comes back to you saying that you feel sad. Well, that's sad that you should be exposed to people talking shit like that to make you feel mm. that sort of sense because, yeah, I think that's pretty fucked, to be honest. Like, yeah. I tell them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, I thought that, yeah. Because Stevie, like your brother, quite proud. He's, yeah. Yes. Like, he's, he's passionate about talking about, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's and you come from a beautiful family, like, Oh, when you look at three brothers, I'm, like you look like three best friends. Like, yeah. I know, like people say, yeah, siblings are close and that, but you three, I've never seen three brothers like you guys. Yeah, and you've all got your own different, 
you know, personalities yeah. in the way these are. These aren't, you know, the spitting image of each other. Each other. Yeah, you know, these are very different in their own right, but these are very connected. And Does that come from mum and dad, you reckon? Bob? Oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think he always had a bit of both. You know, sure. Dad's very outspoken. He's, he can talk about the water that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should get him on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. You and, yeah, you pulled me the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he can talk. But, um, and then mum, obviously, you know, the shyness, you can see the pain in the sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing that I've got past is because of the sporting history, you know, I've got more confidence in maybe maybe trying to try and pass it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's called Ellen, but I was always like, oh, we can do it for shy people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, Always easy to talk to his dad. Yeah. 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 I want to, I want to thank you for coming on, Molly. It's been great. Glad to find a video. I've heard lots of positive about you. And yeah, yeah. Pat on the back, mate, for what you've achieved in, in your chosen field. And maybe I hope one day that we will see that stall lift or even a bit closer. You're out on the, out the centers for us in one of the games for the, for the Mighty Hounds. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic. I, and I can't thank you enough. And I probably want to praise you as well because, mate, the things that you open up about and talk about today, like, and we hope that, you know, if you are listening to this podcast and, you know, what Bobby's touched on there might help you some teachers to, you know, not teach, but, you know, encourage you to speak out and, and have a chat because, you know, we all go through things and the first chat when we start changing, I guess. Yeah, so, mate, we That mate, I'll see you. 100%. And that's a wrap. Head over to Head Noise Official on Spotify. And follow us on our socials, Head Noise Official. Thank you. If you've liked this episode, please remember to follow our socials to receive notifications of new episodes and to see who we have coming on in the future. If you'd like to support the channel, you can head to the Head Noise Official Patreon page to support our journey. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Head Noise Official. On Patreon, we can let our fans become active participants in the work we love by offering monthly membership based on whatever price you feel comfortable paying. Any support is muchly appreciated and we thank everyone for their support.